Podcast. Build a big podcast. Marketing podcast for podcasters. David Hooper with you. Bigpodcast.com is the site. I have a newsletter. It's called Big Podcast Insider. And every Friday, an edition goes out to people via email. This is the audio version of the latest edition. If you want the newsletter itself, and you do, because all the links are in there, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Previous versions are there, so you can see what you're getting before you sign up. But if you do sign up, I'm not going to keep you there if you don't like it. One click is all it takes to unsubscribe. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Everything that I talk about in this episode, the links are there. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. First up, how world-class radio shows and also podcasts get made. You may not know the name Terry Gross, but you have definitely heard her voice if you're into radio at all. The radio show that she hosts and produces for NPR, it's called Fresh Air, and it is heard on hundreds of stations each week. I released a three-part interview with one of her producers, Patty McMahon, and Patty shares the behind the scenes of producing Fresh Air with me, including stories of some of Terry Gross's most infamous interviews, the one with Gene Simmons, for example, Bill O'Reilly. We talked about both of those. There's some great stuff on how to do better edits for your podcast, how to get better guests, how to work with publicists, and how to have longevity in audio production. This is a three-part series. Again, everything is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. The first part is about producing fresh air and working with Terry Gross. The second part, Gene Simmons versus Terry Gross. This is a legendary interview. I saw her speak a few years ago and she talked about it. She said, if there's one interview that people ask me about, it's the Gene Simmons interview. (laughs) And that's exactly the one I would have asked her about. So I'm glad she talked about it. What I didn't know is the behind the scenes of it from somebody who was there in the studio with her watching Terry have to get through this. It's a fascinating story. That's part two. The third part, this is something that applies to me. This may be something that applies to you. Well, it does apply to you because we go from both ends of it. One, we talk about vintage, experienced, aging, older radio people, people like me. How can we compete in the world of podcasting? But we also flip that on its head and talk about the advantages and disadvantages that younger people have. And you probably know the disadvantages, but do you know the advantages? Yeah, younger people have a lot of them. So do older people. We talk about that. Longevity in podcasting, longevity in radio producing. If you're younger, if you're older, there's something for you in these episodes, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. In this episode, I'm talking about the one you're listening to right now. I've got some things to help you do better when it comes to your podcast. For one, something to help you get clear on your message and let people know what you do. It's a quick video. It's an easy to follow formula. I've also got some thoughts on how to build a big audience, starting with the small audience that you already have and also automated episode notes. Have you ever thought about that? What if we could just do our podcast and there's some kind of bot, artificial intelligence, computer program, whatever you want to call it, that spits out episode notes for us. That is an option right now. And it's a lot less expensive than you would think. I'm gonna talk about that. I wanna give you an update first on the free book that I've been talking about. Last week, I mentioned about my upcoming book about packaging your podcast in a way that will attract listeners and the opportunity that I have for you to get it free. Rather than make this process complicated, here's what I'm gonna do. If you are on the list, newsletter.bigpodcast.com, you're going to get a notification about how to get this book for free. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. If you've not already signed up for it, like I said, it's a new book. 
on how to package your podcast. I've got different ways to do it. All of them will help you to grow your audience, get more people to your podcast. You're going to like it. You're going to be helped by it. I'm going to give it to you for free. My hope is this. One, you're going to leave me a review on Amazon. The second thing that I hope that you will do is tell your friends. We're in this together. We are building podcasting together. You, me, all your podcasting buddies. I want to help you spread a message. And I'm hoping you will help me spread this message when I give you this book for free. You'll be so impressed. You'll think, oh man, this is super helpful. I'm going to tell my podcasting buddies. So anyway, the book is going to be free to you. I'll have more information about that soon. Right now, I'm looking at a June release. I pushed it back a little bit. I've decided to do an audiobook version. Audiobooks, as much time as I spend on the mic, <laughs> kind of intimidating. Got to get that perfect read. There's a lot of editing. There's a lot of post-production because Audible and these different audiobook distributors, they want it done in a certain way. And although I'm pretty good with making a podcast sound okay, audiobook is at a different level. It's going to take me a little bit longer. Not too long though, just a few months away. I'm going to do an audiobook version. It's not even really me recording it. It's having it go through the process of all the checks. They want to look at it, make sure it's up to their specs. Then they've got to get it online. That takes a while. It's a little bit of a delay, but I think it's going to be worth it to you. I'm excited to share it with you. I can't wait to get it out. I've got another book following that. And I've got, believe it or not, three books following that. So I've got five books in total coming out, hopefully by the end of the year. You're going to like these. They're not as big as the last book. They're a little smaller. That's why I'm able to get more of them done. But they're going to be super focused. They're going to be quick, to the point, and they're going to help you build your audience. So if you're interested in those, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Let's talk about making your podcast stick. Why do some podcasts survive and others die? I got a guy who's got the answer. I saw him speak a few years ago. He is great at breaking down complex messages and making them as clear as possible. That is the exact thing you need to be able to do in order to have a successful podcast. It's a short video, just under four minutes, and it will help you get more listeners via laser-focused targeting. It will help you increase listener engagement and longevity via laser-focused content. It will also help you get guests to say yes to your podcast. A lot of podcasters, and I don't completely disagree with this, they feel that better guests, more popular guests are going to help them grow their podcast. And the answer is yes, kind of. I don't think that's a silver bullet, but you want the option. You want the option to be able to get the best guests possible. This video, it will help you do that because it's going to help you to explain what it is that you do on your podcast. You can have a clear message. It's under four minutes. It's linked at newsletter bigpodcast.com. Let's talk about those automated episode notes. I teased that. Is that even a possibility? The answer, eh, kinda. It's software called Meet Geek. It will automatically record, transcribe, and summarize highlights of your podcast or online meeting. At least that's the promise. I took it for a test ride on Zoom, set up a Zoom meeting, did Q&As. People asked me questions about their podcast. I answered them. Meet Geek looks at the transcript. It knows what people think is important. And it knows what we covered because it's analyzing the transcripts in different ways. And it looks for four or five different things. Then it spits out, here are the concerns, here are the highlights. Not only will it give you everything in writing so you can use it for your episode notes, it'll actually spit out the clips for you. 
You don't have to go back and look for these highlights. It lets you know exactly where they are. And it also lets you know various things about the conversation that you had. If you've got a lot of people, it's going to let you know who is active. If you've got just one guest or maybe two guests, it's going to let you know the breakdown of who's talking, who's talking more, who's talking less. It can be pretty helpful to your hosting. It's not bad. Anything you're doing on Zoom, you're going to get a transcript. You're going to get those highlights that I'm talking about. You can also upload standard audio files, meaning any file that you record, no matter how you record it, you upload it to this software. It'll analyze it the same way that it would analyze any Zoom conversation that you have. The only difference is you have to upload that manually. You just drag and drop. It does all the work, spits out the report, then you're good to go. How much does it cost? Less than you think. One-time payment, 59 bucks. To me, this is worth it for the transcription alone. 40 hours a month of Zoom calls. That's what it'll transcribe per month. One-time fee, 40 hours per month. So if you're doing your podcast on Zoom, that's a no-brainer. If you're doing any of the uploads, 10 hours per month. So it's not bad. You could go to something else like Descript. That's going to be about 15, 17 bucks a month. So you use this thing for three months. It is paid for itself. One of the cool things that it has, this is great for social media imagery. It does word cloud analysis, meaning it's going to take your audio. And let's say you're talking about podcasting. Podcasting, 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 podcasting. Because you're saying that word so much, that word comes off a little bit bigger in the word cloud. Words that you're not using so often, maybe you mentioned Van Halen. (laughs) If that's in the word cloud at all, that's going to be a lot smaller. So it lets you know and it lets your listeners know what you've covered more of and what you've covered less of. It's a cool thing. Again, nice for social media and it's automatic. You can check it out newsletter.bigpodcast.com. If you're using it, I would love to know your feedback on it. It's got a money back guarantee, 60 days. So if you don't like it, just return it. They give you your money back. It's pretty cool. Transcription alone, I think it's worth it. So if you're using transcriptions, I think that's a no brainer for you. Are you thinking of pausing your podcast? If so, let's talk about that. It's really easy to get excited about a new podcast, but... What happens after a few months or maybe even years and that new podcast shine? What happens when that fades? Sometimes it's good to take a break. Sometimes you want to come back to something fresh. You're rejuvenated. You find that excitement again. But how do you do this when you've got listeners who are expecting new episodes? They're engaged with you. They don't have to do all the work. They just listen and they love what you're doing. How do you work with them? What happens if you've got paid subscribers to that podcast? It's a letter from Emily Atkin. She went through these very things. It's something for you to review, put it in your swipe file. She had a weekly publication. Then she went to daily. Then she decided to take a break. She just burned out. And this is how she let her audience know. You'll also want to take a look at the comments at the bottom of this letter. These are from her audience. It's how her listeners and readers reacted to her break. And I want you to keep this in mind because this is probably what's going to happen to you if you take a break. Your listeners or your readers, how they're going to react is a lot different from how most people think that they will. With podcasts, we get really engaged with the host. We feel like we know the host, even though maybe the host has no idea that we exist. The people who know you that you have no idea about, they've never said a thing. If you decide to take a break because they know you, they will likely understand. Will they be disappointed? Yeah, maybe. But they also want you to have that longevity. So taking a few months off, they're going to get it. It's like when I told you, hey, this book, you know, maybe it's going to come out June. It's not going to come out this month like I'd hoped it to. You're going to stick it out with me. 
because you know it's going to be a good book. You know it's going to help you, and it's better for me to do it right, and because of doing it right, have something that's going to help you more than it is to rush it. We've all listened to those podcasts where people start phoning it in. Maybe we have phoned it in. I know I have. And that's when you got to look at yourself. Mm, man, do I want to have an episode out this Friday? Or do I want to have a good episode out a week from Friday or a few days later, or maybe a month later? You want to have a good episode. And your listeners want that too. Most of them very understanding. If you're in need of a break from your podcast, check this out, but also let me know. I'd love to know more about where you are and how you're handling it for future articles. This is something every podcaster goes through. And I think that it's an important topic to discuss publicly. You can reach out to me on Twitter, at David Hooper on Twitter, bigpodcast.com. Reach out to me there. How will you do it? You know how to get me. One of those two ways, at David Hooper on Twitter or bigpodcast.com. I got a form you can fill out. It goes directly to me. No one is listening yet. Every comic, musician, writer, artist, and podcaster starts out with zero audience. And sometimes even popular creators find themselves playing to an empty room. I'll tell you a story. A few years ago, I went to a concert, established artist. I'd seen him play a couple times before, actually. 300 people in a 2,500 seat room. It did not do well for whatever reason. And sometimes that's just the promotion. Sometimes you can have the biggest artist in the world. And if nobody knows that it's happening, nobody's going to show up. Say I had the ghost of Jimi Hendrix with a Led Zeppelin reunion opened up by the ghost of Freddie Mercury and a hologram of Tupac. If you didn't know that that was happening, you're not going to get a ticket for it. So sometimes it's through no fault of the artist, but sometimes things just happen. In this case, again, 300 people in a 2,500 seat room, what they did is they moved everybody from the balconies down to the floor. If you're on the side of the floor, they moved you in the middle. So this dude's coming to town. He's thinking he's going to have a sold out crowd, 2,500 people or so. He's got 300. They're right there in the middle right up front looking at him. And he is more or less looking at an empty auditorium. That's what it looks like from stage. And he was pissed. And he let people know. From the stage, this is what he said. My last show had 27,000 people. Nobody cared. They were there to see him. And I felt embarrassed for him. Not because the audience was small. He missed a great opportunity to connect with the 300 people who were right in front of him. Arguably his biggest fans. And make it a very special and intimate concert. He's worried about the night before. They're worried about right then. They'd saved their money. They'd driven in. They paid for parking. They had made it. Everybody else, the people this artist was worried about, they hadn't made it or they didn't know. Whatever reason, they weren't there, yet he was worried about them. Here's what he could have said. He could have said this. Hey, my last show had 27,000 people. You know, I played a lot of big crowds often, but I'm thankful that we've got a smaller crowd tonight because it's a great way for us to connect in an intimate way. I don't get to do that much anymore. You can't do that with a huge audience, but we can do that tonight. That would have made everybody who was there, all those 300 people, feel so special. They would have gone home. They would have told their friends. They would have said, I was part of the most amazing show. I got to see this guy. I'm going to leave his name off because it's so embarrassing for him. And I saw him with only 300 people. That's crazy. People are like, wow, that's amazing. I still got friends from 1991. I was in the dorm. <laughs> my buddy comes up to me. He says, hey man, I'm going to go see this band Nirvana tonight. They're playing a club. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> so he sees Nirvana in front of like a hundred people. Those dudes are still telling that story. This means something to people, right? If you're there and you're having that moment and there's not a lot of people around, that's the advantage 
of a small audience. But too often creators like this guy, they're worried about the audience that isn't there. They're worried about the audience was there last night. It's a weird thing because before you can get the big audience, you've got to focus on that small audience. And sometimes you've got to focus on that small audience, even if you've got the big audience. I know it's difficult as a podcaster to put the required energy in to make a great podcast when you feel that nobody is listening. This is one of the reasons why people want to take breaks. But by doing that, that work, that's exactly what it takes to bring in more and more people into what you're doing. Is my friend who saw Nirvana in front of 100 people. He's like, oh man, you wouldn't believe this. Then when they blow up, whoa, he's talking about it even more. Those 300 people seeing this guy in the 2,500 seat venue, like I said, they could have gone out, they could have been talking and talking and talking. You wouldn't believe this. He was so cool. He went off script. He played something acoustically. He did something acapella. Don't neglect the small audience you have. You might not always have that small audience. I worked in the music business for a number of years, as you know. And sometimes people get to the point where they simply can't do those club shows anymore. They can't. They can't do the thing where they hang out with the audience after the fact. They can't feel connected to the people who put them where they are anymore. And that's frustrating for a lot of people, but it's the way that it is. Don't neglect where you are and what you have for what you don't have. Focus on where you are now. Be present. Be thankful for the people that are there. Again, these are your best fans. These are the people that are going to stick it out with you. They were there with you when you were bringing it up and they will feel part of that. They will want your success. If you do your job, they're going to feel like they were part of it. That's how to build a career. So if you want a big podcast, start with a small podcast. You show up for them. They will show up for you. I've got more thoughts on how to build a bigger audience, get people to your podcast, make an impact with your podcast at bigpodcast.com. On the podcast coming up, again, two episodes about audience interactivity. I'm going to talk about a wedding DJ who's doing it. I'm going to talk about how horror movies doing it and what you can learn from those two things. Bring them into your podcast to have more audience interactivity. You want those guys that are listening to you to feel like they're part of something? You want to get them involved, get them talking? Do these things. They're easy to do. You can do them on your next episode. They are coming up on the next episodes of this podcast. So make sure you're subscribed. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. When you go there, I've got three buttons. It's super easy. If you got an iPhone, click the iPhone button. Got an Android, got an Android button for you because you're a podcaster and you know what this is. Old school RSS, plug it in however you get your podcasts. These episodes will be delivered to you. They are free. You can unsubscribe at any time. If you don't like them, say, whoa, didn't sign on for this. Thought it was going to be a little bit more, a little bit less. Maybe it's too much. I don't know. No hard feelings. There's no obligation, but go there. I made it easy for you to subscribe. Get this advice on audience interactivity because this is next level stuff when it comes to your podcast and also radio production. It's a podcaster that I worked with. She's doing radio now. And the reason she's doing radio is because she can tell a great story. She can get that audience interactivity up. She can have impact. You can do the same thing. It is available to you. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Do subscribe. And I'll see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast. Every Friday, I have a newsletter. It is called Big Podcast Insider. It goes out to people every Friday. Every Friday. Every Friday.